We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Welcome to the Sports Card Grinders Show. I'm your host, Dean. Dean7904. If you want to go technical as far as the DFS space, of course, Rotor Grinders, we specialize in daily fantasy sports. We're also talking about sports cards these days. That said, and we're bringing in uh, new people throughout the, uh, the sports card collecting world, and we have somebody new we're going to introduce in just a second. One of our returning players happens to be uh, Simon, producer here at RG, of course, one of the collectors uh, that's in the, uh, the Discord at Rotor Grinders talking sports cards all the time. Simon, how are things in your world? Doing good, Dean. I'm glad to be here this week. I'm happy to have you. What are you working on as far as an article? You got anything coming for us uh, soon? I got a article coming up this week that's going to cover uh, wide receivers and the the way they're getting ignored in the market compared to quarterbacks and the general um, market take that quarterbacks are the only football players that you can buy. But with all the new investors coming into the market, I think there's some potential in wide receivers. Throughout the show, we're going to talk about SGC, the grading company, going to touch on that, talk about the NBA return, some players we have our eye on, some players you might not necessarily want, but people are talking about, and uh, the MLB bubble as far as COVID. And, well, it's a good thing that we have Jacob Bogan. Of course, we talked to Jake and, uh, Jacob on the Morning Grind podcast. We got to know him pretty well, minor leaguer for the Washington Nationals organization. Uh, Jacob, welcome to the show. Uh, glad to have you here talking some sports cards. Wish you were throwing some baseballs. I'm sure you were as well, but unfortunately that's not the case. Uh, we'll dig into some COVID stuff in a second, but Jacob, happy to have you. Thanks guys. I'm happy to be back. Different podcast, same, you know, same grind here. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to talk some cards, talk about my experience, COVID, um, some guys I have my eye on as well from the investor market and then, uh, a little mail day at the end. I'm excited about that. Yeah, we got a bunch of prospects we're going to talk about in a second from a baseball perspective. Uh, last but not least, Brennan, what's going on, dude? Welcome back. You weren't here uh, last week. You broke your Cal Ripken streak. What happens? <laughs> I know, I know. I had family in town, and uh, if I'm going to do sports cards as much as I do, I got I to gotta throw the wife a bone and, and give her a full week of just rest and relaxation. So I'm back and, and ready to go. We're going to talk about the market mover tool over the S at SCI, sportscardinvestor.com. Of course, you guys know if you watch our show all the time, we talk about the promo code. You get 20% off if you use the promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S, at sportscardinvestor.com. Uh, your first payment, I believe you can do that monthly or a year, depending on. Uh, we also want to mention that Sports Card Investor, they have a virtual card convention that starts tomorrow. Now I'm saying tomorrow. I don't know when you guys are watching it. It starts tomorrow, Wednesday, July 29th, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's on Sports Card Investor's uh, YouTube channel featuring $20,000 worth of giveaways including two boxes of National Treasure Basketball. Dealers, breakers, special guests from all around the country will be joining live. Go to sportscardinvestor.com. Click on the virtual 2020 in the main menu bar. Uh, just register there for free. Brennan, I'm, I'm relying on you. You're going to tell me what's going on here, I hope. I didn't ask you pre-show. I'm catching you off guard, but I imagine you uh, you know a little more details about this. The Yeah, so um, 
what what's happened is the national convention was canceled due to everything going on. And, and Jeff over there at sports card investor and, and his, uh, I think VP of marketing or PR or something. Uh, her name is Kelly did a great job putting together this, I think it's like a five day event of just the biggest hitters in the industry. Um, from what I know, SGC is going to be on there. Some leadership from SGC, Comsi, Starstock, uh, his, his friend in, in Atlanta who owns a, a local card shop. Uh, not only are they going to be doing interviews and just bringing us all up to date on what's going on in the industry, but there's going to be just humongous breaks, uh, breaks, giveaways, everything. And I believe it's two or three hours every single night. So Wednesday, all the way through Sunday, you're going to be able to get in on some of that action. I would suggest if you want to be a part of the, the giveaways, I don't know this for sure, but you, I think you might need to register on sportscardinvestor.com. So make sure you go out there to the homepage. There's a spot where you can register as a, as an attendee or potentially as a dealer, although I'm sure it's too late to do that. Um, and then get in on that action. But I, I'm definitely going to be tuned in, uh, especially to see what ComC and Starsock have to say, because they're currently right now in hot competition for, for all of our, our cards and our submissions. So I'm definitely going to be tuned in for those for sure. All right, let's pivot. Let's talk some baseball. Jacob, we want to talk to you about what's going on. Uh, I mean, I don't know who knows what's going on as far as uh, the COVID situation. We saw earlier today, the Marlins, uh, a good chunk of their team has COVID. Uh, I guess they're not going to be playing baseball until Monday. So about six days from today, they're on the shelf. Uh, from a player's perspective, and of course, there's no minor leagues as well, too. Like, what is going on? What is the chatter? What are your thoughts? What are the solutions? Do you have the answers for us? I wish I had all the answers. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably, you know, skip being a player and just hop right into a front office. Um, but it's tough. First first off, I hope that everyone who has got COVID, who has received it, gets well. And, and I hope they're all asymptomatic as well. Um, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. And I think there becomes a stigma um, that, you know, no one's going to be sick from it. But, you know, Freddie Freeman had a really tough time with it. Like some guys are having tough times with it. Um, this was inevitable. This is kind of something that I had, that I think most people expected would happen. Um, they're not in a closed bu bubble setting like the NBA. They go home, they spend time with their kids, their wives. Um, and when you have that much intermingling, it's bound to happen. I, I think it's kind of weird how they're handling um, just pushing back games, delaying games. Um, to me, you have that minor league pool for a reason. Like they have the 60-man roster. They have other people on their 40-man roster. If they're just going to push the games back every time, I don't know how logistically that's going to work. Um, you know, I, I'm almost kind of at a weird sense where you almost have to almost forfeit those games so to speak, if you can't fill the team that day. Maybe they do like a win percentage thing or something like that instead of like a one loss. Like who knows what's going to happen. And I mean, you're probably not going to say it, but I'll say it. The Marlins are not going to be in contention for the playoffs. <laughs> so like it's the Marlins, so we can sort of like work around that. But if this sort of thing happens to the Dodgers, if it happens to the Yankees, uh, if it happens to Washington, you know, all of a sudden things get interesting. And of course, Washington has their own details with the with Soto, who may or may not have a false positive, and the word is out there that he's getting frustrated. And, you know, hopefully that, that's all that was, was a false positive. He can get back to playing soon enough. And you're right to say, obviously, it goes without saying, hopefully everybody is asymptomatic. Hopefully everybody's healthy. Hopefully everybody's fine. But like you mentioned, Freeman. Freeman was struggling. He was talking about, like, the inability to get out of bed for a while. So, And he's a legit, like, 1% uh, best shape in the country, an amazing athlete. And it just it, it beat him up for a good time. And uh, good to see he's on the way to uh, road back to recovery. But from a sports card perspective, of course, this is a sports card show, Jacob. Um, like, I guess it would obviously hurt the industry if the season was canceled. I don't know how you can, like, what are the odds the season gets canceled? Uh, how do we attack this from a, uh, uh, you know, from a collecting perspective? Well, I mean, I don't – the top tier guys, their stock is not going to fall or rise too high with this year. Anyways, the, tr the Trouts, the Kunas – the Sotos, um, I mean, those guys are pretty stable whether they're playing or not. The prospects, it gets a little different. Like the Gavin Luxes, the Alvarez's of the world, it's a little different because they don't have that body of work. Um, so, I mean, that's where when you're investing, you kind of want to look at the intangible aspects. So what are these guys going to do if they're not there for a whole season? Um, not just what happens when they're at facilities. So it's kind of tough to get. Um, a good read on some of these guys when it comes to that. Um, I know that, like, Vlad Guerrero Jr., amazing talent, 
um, had never worked out until like this past year before. So you just don't know how people are going to come back. Yeah. And what are these guys doing? I know we, we talked previously, you're working on the side, you're throwing, and I guess who, who knows what uh, a lot of these guys are up to in, in theory, they're all working out, but it has to hurt them to some degree as far as their development. It has to stifle it in some way, not playing games and just like maybe in the cages or something like that. And uh, I guess wait and see, but like, what are your thoughts? I assume it's just not good. Right. Yeah, as well, far as, yeah. Most of, I'd say most of your development happens um, from repetition in game. You can't really necessarily um, recreate that at home. Me throwing a bullpen is nothing close to the pressures I feel when I am pitching in the ninth inning. It's a very big difference. Um, you know, so you're preparing so you can play the game, but then the game happens and you have to be, you do whatever you can in that game scenario. Um, and this is where I think we're going to start seeing a really big gap between the teams that get it and the teams that don't when it comes to development. What teams are going to make sure that um, they can help their guys when they're gone? And how many, and then how, what about the other teams who don't talk to their players for a month? Um, like who, who is going to like, I don't want to go into team, different teams that are great at it or poor at it. You hear from, things, you just don't want to say anything necessarily. Exactly. We, we, all, <laughs> we all have friends. I have friends in every organization. I played in the fall league. I've played with a lot of these guys. Some do a better job than others. I'll just put it that way with making sure that the players, while they're at home, have the tools to be successful and still to continue to grow. But you can't, you can't beat game repetition. Let's talk about some prospects that you uh, you have your eye on. Uh, and I know Simon, our producer, asked, asked you know, to throw some names his way. And he, he did say kind of, let's not necessarily talk about the ones that everybody knows about, like the Wander Francos, uh, like Mackenzie Gore, Joe Adele, uh, Nate Pearson, like, you know, Bobby Witt. So you, you dug a little bit deeper. I want to throw some names your way, and I want you to tell me why I should have my eye on them. And uh, Simon, we're going to talk to you in a second, too. I believe you're going to screen share with the Market Mover tool as far as these guys' cards that are out there as well. Uh, batting first, Jacob, we're going to be talking about Jeremiah Jackson. Why should I be interested in Jeremiah Jackson? Jeremiah Jackson, he's 20 years old um, from the Angels. Uh, I think he's rising. I think he's rising. He's not a top 100 prospect. And all, no, I think maybe one of these guys that I have on this list is a top 100 guy. Um, but he he has power. From He has power up the middle. Shortstop, second base. He has a ton of power. And I think that's something that hopefully will continue to translate. Um, I think he hit 23 bombs in 60 games-ish last year. Um, so, I mean, anyone with power off the middle, definitely at that age, um, it's something you should keep your eye on. Uh, second round pick, number four prospect in the Angels organization for what it's worth. Simon, talk to me about Jer uh, Jeremiah Jackson. What are his cards going for these days? Yeah, we're looking at his 2018 uh, Bowman Chrome. I believe that's a first, first, uh, first prospect card. It's going for about $25 right now for a PSA 10, which is a good price, especially with a PSA 10 graded card. You got to figure you're paying 20 bucks or so to get the card graded itself. So anytime you can find a PSA 10 uh, graded card in the $20 range, you know, you're getting a, a card with little downside. And if he has the, uh, the potential that, uh, that Jacob talks about, then I think you're getting a pretty good, uh, pretty good price on this card if you can get it in that $25 range yeah Jacob I should have mentioned oh go ahead Simon I'm sorry oh yeah no we're looking at recent sales at 25 2307 2307 uh 1899 1537 so there's a lot of good uh uh low risk upside to that card I think yeah I was gonna say like Jacob uh I, I didn't mention it but you're a card collector as well too and is it weird having the cards of players that you play against? Well, we'll get into, uh, I guess, part of my mail day at the end. But for my personal collection, I collect my friends, people I play with. Um, not really as much people I play against, but uh, that's what, what I collect specifically. My wife even gets into it. Um, so, And that's kind of part of my mail day, as you guys will see later. Um, but playing against guys, I mean, it's a mindset. So I have the same mindset whether I'm playing against Joe Blow in Double A, or if I'm facing Acuna in the box, it's it's a little different. And I think that comes from the reliever mindset, um, you know. But it, I think obviously I have my own card, which and that was probably the coolest part of all of it. Have you faced Jeremiah Jackson? And if so, how did that work out for you? Uh, no. So he's a little. He's on the younger side. He's in the the lower part of the minor league. He's still making his way up. Um, 
but I would feel pretty good about my chances in all honesty. <laughs> Talk to you about M- uh, MJ Melendez. Uh, MJ Melendez, second round. I played with MJ. Um, second, he has great pedigree. His dad, I believe, is the head coach at FIU. And I think before that, he was the head coach at Bethune Cookman. Um, he's been around baseball his whole life. He is a hit first catcher. And I think he threw out like 48% of base stillers, like, like something ridiculous last year. I don't know the number. Um, he's not a top 100 guy either. He's a left handed swinging catcher, which is already a pretty good mold. And I think he's going to continue. He's been in, he's been in last two big league spring trainings, and he's done fantastic. Um, I mean, I, I think the world of him. And he's a great kid, and he has a lot of power, a lot of power. So I don't know if it's shown up necessarily in the numbers yet, but um, he's young. I think it, it will continue to happen. Yeah, just 21 years old. Uh, number 13 prospect currently in the Kansas City organization, second-round pick in the amateur draft. Simon, what do you have for me on MJ? Uh, this is another uh, another good one. It's another PSA 10 graded Bowman Chrome first prospect card under around the $20 price range. You can get it for one sold for $26.69 recently, $24, uh, one for $16.57. Those are autographed cards too, by the way. Uh, the one that sold for $26 looks like a purple chrome uh, Bowman refractor card. So it's good prices on those ones too, especially the uh, PSA 10 uh, graded cards. All right, Jacob, you're a homer here. You pick somebody in the Washington organization. Talk to me about the Luis Garcia. Yeah. So this was, uh, he was my teammate. I felt like I had to throw at least one teammate in there. <laughs> uh, he's a, I'll put it this way. His dad is what's a former big leaguer with the Yankees. He, um, was 18 to start of last year in double-A. Um, and that's just all, really all you need to know. He is a top 100 guy, um, but he is not, you know, I don't think his cards are necessarily that highly priced. I think he's a good value, definitely since he's still a top 100 guy. Good intangibles. Um, he, I think he's going to start turning into like a little Juan Soto, a little Juan Soto with the swings. They're going to be very similar. Um, if you go look – there's probably some videos on Twitter and stuff of them side by side, and he's made some good adjustments in the offseason. And it's a lot to excite you. Definitely coming from a shortstop. And he's a fantastic glove first, great arm shortstop as well. Um, and I, I've spent a lot of time with him. He's a fantastic kid. Um, he just turned 20 as well. So he would have been in triple. I mean, he's right there on the cusp as well. Double A, triple A, big leagues. So um, he's next up. He's next up um, as far as the NAS goes and definitely in, uh, probably the second base position for them since Trey Turner's kind of got that locked down. Is there a chance we might see him come up later this season or you don't know? Is that possible or not? He's just turned 20, obviously. So that's rare that that happens. Um, it's all circumstantial. Not sure. I can't really yeah. speak on that one. Uh, you're getting me excited though. I was doing a little research on him too. And he was born in New York. I think it was Brooklyn and they went to the DR when he was like three. And then he was signed uh, as a 16 year old, uh, as an international free agent. Uh, talk to me about Luis Garcia there, Simon. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a pretty decent one, too. Um, you can see his 2018 Bowman Chrome autograph card. Uh, it's going for 76 bucks, a little more pricey than the ones that we looked at previously. But if I'm going for a card like this, I might try to get one of these more rare orange refractor cards out of 25. That sold recently on the 22nd for 51 bucks. So if you're looking at auctions and stuff like that, you might be able to get better prices than uh than some of the the fixed prices but yeah if you can get it in that uh uh fifty dollars or less less range that seems like a pretty good deal looks like uh, some of them sold uh previously for 150 bucks for the uh 2018 bowman chrome autograph psa 10 and for the blue mojo that went for about 115 bucks recently so prices are are kind of all over the place but you can get a general idea of the price range that you want to target if you look at the market movers tools. All right. Didn't forget about your Brennan. We'll talk some basketball in a second. Uh, final note there. Like you said, he is in the top hundred. Obviously there's different lists out there for top hundred prospects, depending on where you look. He's currently 96, according to uh, MLB at least. Uh, I believe he's second in the Washington organization for what it's worth. Uh, a couple more uh, baseball players. We'll talk some basketball. Give me the goods on Owen Miller. Jacob. Uh, Owen Miller, um, 
And this is one of those guys that every time I played against him, I was impressed. I was like, I played against him specifically last in the Arizona Fall League. And um, I think he has an amazing bat. Like, I think he'll keep moving up because of his bat um, and his potential 270, 25 type guy, which uh, has a lot of value. Has a lot of value. So he's another one of those, I think, buy low guys that could develop into something very nice. Uh, 23 years old, shortstop out of the San Diego organization, number 11 prospect in the organization. And for what it's worth, uh, San Diego, it's, to my knowledge, is pretty stacked. So 11 in San Diego is probably better than 11 in Team X. Uh, last but not least, oh, no, Simon, you got something on Owen Miller, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Owen Miller has his autographed 2019 Bowman Chrome card went for $25 recently. That was a PSA 10 graded card. Again, if you're getting an autographed PSA 10 card in that $25 range, you have very little downside with it. $20 to get the PSA 10 grade. So yeah, you're getting a pretty good deal if you're able to find it at 25 or less. And I would go for those more rare cards like the out of 25 uh, orange refractors and, and, and try to find those more scarce cards when you're buying players that cost this, this, uh, this little, just, just so you can get them while they're cheap. Uh, no screen share on this one, but let's talk about the uh, Marcus Evans is our last baseball player here, Jacob. All right, Demarcus Evans. Um, I had to put a reliever in there. I'm a closer. He's a closer. Um, he's the most dominant pitcher in baseball in the minor leagues. That's just all there is to it. He's, he's the best. Um, if you look at his strikeout numbers, his ERA, he is absolutely the best. Um, yeah, that's all there is to it. He's the best. Um, he's, I think he's on the 40-man now for the Rangers, so you'll probably see a debut this year if I take a guess. And um, that, that, that's really all it is. Great arsenal, fastball, great high spin rate fastball. People swing underneath it the whole time. And then a good curveball to – to boot with that. So, I mean, he's amazing. He's the best pitcher in baseball in the minor leagues. I think he's won probably minor league reliever of the year two times in a row or something ridiculous like that. I did see that. So I'm not sure what, which uh, award he got, but it was something to the effect of like best, uh, best arm out of the pen or something like that. But uh, we'll keep our item as well. Now from a card collecting perspective, are relief pitchers, uh, you know, glamorous or not, not so glamorous? No, they are not very glamorous unless it's, um, you know, you, you kind of got to have to perform in the playoffs or you have to throw really hard. Um, <laughs> so, like, the Jordan Hickses of the world, the Chapmans of the world, you know, it just depends. Um, but I think you can buy relievers very low in the card market. Um, you know, and he's young. He's fairly young as well. And I think that – and that, that whole Rangers team is kind of rebooting and they have a lot of good young talent. Um it's gonna be interesting to see how you know how that goes, but he's he's also a guy that's going to be a closer in my mind. He's not going to be a sixth inning, seventh inning guy. He's going to pitch at the end of games, um, if not right away, then very soon once he gets to the big leagues. Brandon, you're still with us, right? I'm I'm here. Took a, took a little bit of a nap, <laughs> and I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let's talk some basketball. Let's talk All the right. bubble. Uh, it appears to be working for the most part, with the exception of a a few visits to the gentlemen's club. Yeah, no, absolutely. Other other than uh, Lou Williams' trip to Atlanta, uh, it's it's gone pretty well. And to be honest with you, the NBA didn't overreact. They put him in a ten day quarantine, and uh, you know, to be honest with you, I think that's good. It it shows that they've got control of their process. No one's going to have control of this virus, obviously, but they're doing really good things. And um, I would encourage everyone, if they haven't, to check out uh, YouTube. There's a lot of good uh, behind the scenes in the bubble content. Uh, Two that I've been following pretty closely are Matisse Thibel and Troy Bound Jr. Um, and so you can kind of see what that process and what their routines look like. Um, but quite honestly, if they continue to have this kind of success, there's a very good chance we get uh, to the finish line, um, which I think is is all we we really want is is to see everyone stay healthy and for us to have a a, a championship trophy held up at the end of the season because that'll at least be. Uh, for a couple of hours a night, a, a small slice of normal in, in what has become a very chaotic time right now. Yeah, I'm going to talk about some players we like specifically. Uh, I do want to note, yeah, Williams is going to miss the first two games for the Clippers. And this is kind of a good segue into a previous conversation that we had about New Orleans. And I've been hyping up New Orleans. They're going to make the playoffs. They're plus 300 in Vegas if you're in that kind of thing. Uh, I like them winning that eight spot. And 
Lou Williams is going to miss. I mean, he's not the most important player in that team, obviously, but it's just one of the eight tough games that New Orleans, New Orleans has. Their toughest game is the second game of eight uh, against the Clippers. They will be, be without Williams. Uh, and Zion apparently is coming back to the bubble, I believe, on Wednesday. Not officially going to be playing first the first game of the season, but we certainly hope he is. Uh, it seems like everything is good with his family, which is great to hear as well. He left the bubble for a family emergency. I know Shams reported that there was some kind of leg injury to some extent, but I don't know how serious that is. As of right now, I'm assuming Zion is a go. So we're, uh, we're excited about that, Brennan, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, a lot of people are saying the NBA had, had set this up in a way that Zion has the best chance of making it. <laughs> the Pelicans had an easy schedule down the road anyways. So I think what they've done is, is made it pretty fair. And, and let's be honest with you. Zion's the fun one to talk about, but that race between Damian Lillard and the healthy Blazers and then the Memphis Grizzlies with, with their new coach, Taylor Jenkins and, and just jaw and his confidence um, with, you know, Jaron Jackson back and healthy, no matter what happens, that eight game stretch for those three or four teams, I, I chose to, to leave the Kings out, even though I am a fan of Darren Fox and, and them, I, I think their time is coming in another season. Um, but I think the Blazers, Grizzlies, Pelicans race, no matter how it ends out, it ends up is going to be a really fun thing to watch because I don't know how seriously the teams that are locked into the playoffs are going to take it. Uh, we've seen Denver, and we'll talk about Bull Bull in a second, run out five bigs in these <laughs> these these scrimmages. So, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely paying attention to the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the Blazers because I think that is going to be a really exciting thing to watch. And I think from a card perspective – Damian Lillard, Zion, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, John Morant. These guys are going to benefit. And then, of course, whoever wins is going to benefit from getting most likely swept in the first round by LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, the Eastern Conference, there's no race at all. You know, seven is Brooklyn with 30 wins. Orlando's got 30 wins in the eighth spot. And then the only other team there is Washington, who's six games back. And they're without their best players, and they just don't care. And those guys probably don't want to be there. Um, yeah, and I think they just invited – well, they invited Phoenix, I think, because they invited Washington. They basically had the same sort of a, you know, with Phoenix is no shot. You'd mentioned them, but of course they're lurking as well too, as also the Spurs. Um, but that that's the only thing that's up for grabs. The seven spot, Dallas has eight games up on Memphis, and it's basically one of the three teams: Memphis, Portland, and Orleans. I suppose you can say Sacramento. It's a lack of respect, but I'm not going to say them either. Jacob, who gets an eight spot there in the West? I know it's not a. I guess it's an overarching like sports guard conversation because if Zion makes it, New Orleans makes it. It certainly helps his cards and. The people want to see it. The NBA wants to see Zion versus LeBron. Uh, is it going to be New Orleans or is it another team? I kind of like the Trailblazers. <laughs> a healthy Trailblazers team is just scary. Um, and Dame Lillard in this, these kind of situations tends to stand out more than others. That's kind of my thought. Um, but, man, wouldn't, wouldn't be upset about the Grizzlies getting in there for as far as um, television goes. Yeah, uh, and the, and Portland, by the way, lost and everything. I don't know if people were talking about it. They're getting two bigs back. And Nurkic is back, and I believe Collins is back as well, too. Uh, so And also they got skinny Carmelo. Have you guys seen Carmelo? He's, uh, he looks different. Good for him. Uh, yeah, okay, you mentioned that, you know, Brennan, you, you want to talk about Bull Bull and all the excitement and Twitter went nuts because Denver's just screwing around these exhibition games. She only cares, and they ran uh, – I think they ran Jokic at the point, right? They started with five bigs, and Bull Bull <laughs> – is very, very easy to root for. Old people like myself remember his father. Uh, they remember him, you know, he was chucking threes and having a good time back in the day. And even from celebrity boxing against William the Fridge Perry, that was a disaster. Do not watch that on YouTube. I'm sure it's available. Unwatchable. Um, but, uh, yeah, talk to you about Bull Bull, and I guess people were excited about it, but we probably shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I think we should be excited by the progress of a, of a young prospect. But to see his cards, I think, almost double, if not double overnight, was probably an overreaction. And, and just to, to put into context how seriously these teams are taking it, here's the starting lineup from the first game for Denver. <laughs> Nikola Jokic, point guard. Uh, Jeremy Grant, power forward slash center, shooting guard. Bol awesome. Bol, small forward. Bol Bol <laughs> played small forward. Paul Millsap, power forward, Mason Plumley center. So, Obviously, no Jamal Murray, no Gary Harris, no Torrey Craig, no Will Barton, no Monty Morris. I mean, the list goes on and on. Bull Bull is going to have a very hard time breaking the rotation. Um, here's why people got excited. He had 16 points in his first game, 10 rebounds, six blocks. Uh, that was, And he was two of eight from three. So people saw the two threes go in and were super excited. Uh, but 25% is not all that good 
efficiency wise. And then the second game, uh, he shot six of 19 from the field uh, for 32%, two of seven from three, 15 points, two blocks, uh, three assists, three rebounds. So he's getting minutes because they're shorthanded. I don't know if that's by design or, or not, but uh, when the games start to matter, Bobo probably is not going to get minutes. He's still very thin for his size. And so when they push him back into center, which is his true position, I just don't see how he is this effective even next year in the regular season, if he manages to find minutes. And so I think we got a little bit too excited for Bobo. I think to see some of the progress he's made is good. If you're holding his cards or if he's on your prospect list, now might be a good time to let the playoffs start, let people focus on other players and then start to pick them up because this is good data. This is good news. Um, but it's not enough for me to say that his silver PSA 10 should go from 40 to, to 80 or 120 or whatever it went. So, um, but this is, this is a good overarching lesson for anybody that's new to, to sports card investing. Cause we haven't for so long had actual games and, and, and stuff to, you know, stuff to actually react to when people have these moments, whether it be in the playoffs or the regular season or summer league, it drives prices. We get excited and, and they're, you know, they're, their card prices will go up. And so it's something to keep in mind if you're holding somebody that might not necessarily be a long-term hold for you. If they have a good stretch, Trey Young's a great example, two 50-point games in a week, it might be a good time to sell and wait for the prices to come back down. So we got a little excited, but I do think it's good news for Bull Bull long-term. Yeah, I mean, you could look at next year and suppose they can make an argument that uh, Mason Plumlee's a free agent and maybe that might, in theory, open up a few more minutes for Bull Bull, but it's hard to see him really cracking that rotation anytime soon. Uh, hopefully he continues to develop. I will say as a Heat fan, I was kind of bummed. They drafted him opening night, and I was excited, and then they traded him immediately. So uh, just he's fun to watch, and he's easy to root for. All right, uh, Jacob, if you have any thoughts on Bull Bull, feel free to share them. Otherwise, I know you have a list of players that you're, uh, you're bullish on uh, as far as, uh, you know, that you're looking at as far as buying their cards. Uh, fire out one of those names. Well, I'll give my bubble opinion. Um, it's like saying that uh, – I don't know. I don't know a great example, but let's say that someone goes off during a preseason week three football game. Like, <laughs> then what? <laughs> then what? Are they still going to be a backup? Because Bobo sure will be. Um, so I'm not that high. I would probably sell now if you – because I know some of his base are going for two that are now going for, like, 15. Great time to make money if you held on to your Bobo. I personally – can't say that I have, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'll, but going into the next point, I, some guys that I um, see um, by not necessarily by low, but try to get a good return during this time on for the playoffs. PJ Washington jr. It's a, my long-term investment. I like his game a lot. Um, I actually think that they have something going over there, believe it or not for the first time ever for the Hornets, actually some progress. Is he priced um, down because uh, they're not in the 22? Like they're, they're uh, just chilling yes. on the golf course or whatever? Yes, for sure. Okay. That I mean, that and I mean, they're not a playoff team in general. Um, but I like him. Um, but, and, and my this is my spill on playoff basketball prices going up or down. I like, I like guys who are 30-point scorers. I like guys who can put up 30 or put up some kind of monster game in the playoffs. And I'm talking about immediate return on investment based off whatever you've held on to. So immediate sales um, because of the high, um, the peak, the, the spike from the playoffs. Um, so a couple of other guys, um, Ben Simmons is one of them. People love Ben Simmons in general. He's kind of a high buy, um, but he has such a big fanfare. He kind of lives that uh, Hollywood lifestyle. People people like that. Um, Tatum and Brown. Tate, I think Brown was – Brown, when he was 19, had multiple playoff games where he went off for 30. His price went up. I think something similar can happen there. Same with Tatum. Um, the only problem, I would say, is this is kind of the time to buy him before that happens. Um, and then after that, uh, Brandon Ingram and none are my last two guys. So both those guys, I think, as well, can put up 30 if any given night. And I really like the Heat team. I actually love the Heat team. And I think that um, none actually helps little left-handed, beautiful shot. I think he kind of helps make him run. You think Ingram is uh, – comparative uh, to Zion, I assume he is cheaper and maybe he just uh, is kind of neglected because everybody loves Zion so much? Is that kind of a thing? Is that where you're coming from with yeah. that? I mean, if, if there was a guy for me who was most improved this year, it would probably be ben, 
Brandon Ingram. He had such high hype with the Lakers. Never uh, like could score. People worried about him kind of like Bobo being too thin. Um, but with this hungry um, Pelicans team, he's been fantastic as far as scoring the basketball, um, doing the things he needs to do to like help them go. Um, I'm a big fan. I think I think Brandon Ingram's will do very well in, in you know during this bubble time. Yeah, uh, it's something that I've said. I'm sure a lot of people have said about Brandon Ingram. If you squint really, really hard and you catch him on the right night, he looks like Kevin Durant, right? He kind of looks like Kevin Durant out there. Uh, you can he definitely shows, shows those glimpses for sure. And uh, Brennan, it's funny because Brennan's guy we're going to talk about in a second. Who I think is going to be the real uh, most improved player, which we'll talk about in a second. Actually, the, the guy that's going to be voted in. Um, but Brennan, on previous shows, you've talked about your Celtics. So Jacob has just won you over, right? The, the Tatum and Brown love? <laughs> well, he must have done his research because my wife is from Kentucky and, and has converted me into the, the UK basketball uh, you know, world and, and PJ Washington, if, if you guys didn't watch him at Kentucky, he stayed for his sophomore year. It was about the best thing he could have done. He completely reworked his shot. And th- this guy is a modern big, he can switch, he can shoot. So I love that pick long-term. And um, I agree. I think, you know, I'm actually here in Charlotte. So I think that they've got something going. Their coaches from the Spurs uh, coaching tree and, and hopefully they'll build a better culture than we've had. And, and maybe Jordan will kind of take a more hands-off approach but yeah, I love Tatum and Brown. I, I agree with him. And he said it in the baseball segment, you only get better in times like this with actual in-game repetition. Tatum and Brown are playoff proven. They're not going to come in here, even though they're both uh, you know, under the age of 22, they're not going to come in here scared. They've had experience in the playoffs and I, that's the cornerstone for a competitive Celtics team to come. So yeah, he's winning me over with the PJ pick, the Tatum Brown pick. And of course you're a heat fan. So you have to love the, uh, the, you know, the undrafted Kendrick Nunn love there for, uh, for Miami heat. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of a uh, hot and cold with none, you know, he's, he's fine. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on him. He can't be a thing. Oh, uh, golden state basically threw him away. Right. He was like their 15th player or 16th player. And he was on that roster. I'm like, yeah, we just, they couldn't, they couldn't make it work for whatever reason. I might have picked him up. And, yeah, he shined there for sure. But My thought for the non is, is a future uh, six-man of the year type player. That's my like a, future on a, good, on a very good team. Like a Lou Will? Like a future Lou Will type? <laughs> yeah, I think he can come off the bench and score. I think he can – I mean, he's already scoring now um, with a bunch of shooters around him. But I think in the future um, he's going to be like one of the, the starters on the second unit that really gets him going. We're not supposed to get too excited over exhibition season. We talked about that with Bull Bull, but uh, Brennan, are we excited? We saw Ben Simmons make a three. We should care about that in theory, right? Maybe. Well, he's he's seeing a therapist too. So for anyone who thought this was all mental, he's now getting professional help for whatever has been blocking his three-point development. Look, I, I never thought Ben Simmons needed a three to become a really great player in this league. Um, Giannis just now is starting to shoot threes. Uh, they're very similar. So it'll come. LeBron didn't shoot threes early in his career. He got much better as time went on. So I, I really think it's just the fit in Philly that, that is messing with my value on Ben Simmons. I'm hoping to see his cards come down if they take an early exit. Cause I think he's a great long-term pick. He is a buzzy name right now because I think everybody's enamored with, with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. But I think long-term Ben Simmons is going to be just fine, even if he never shoots over 33% from three. Yeah, I'm pulling up their their standings right now. They're currently in the sixth seed in the East, and you, know, you still can argue they've been a disappointment. I would imagine, I don't know their schedule, the eight games as opposed to Indiana, but Indiana, you know, uh, I think they're going to leap them, uh, I suspect, especially with Sabonis. Uh, is he going to be out for the whole deal? We don't really know just yet. I know he's got a, uh, a plantar fasciitis. They call it a plantar fasciitis. They also call it like a bone bruise, which I think is two different things. Uh, in any event, he might not be playing, and they have the same record. And I think Philadelphia is a more talented team no matter what. So they should probably jump them. And maybe a Philadelphia-Miami first-round series. That could be a lot of fun to watch, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, who do we like coming out of that there, uh, Jacob? Theoretically, they play against each other. It's Philadelphia for Miami. Who do you have? You say you like the Heat. Uh, well, Miami will have home court. So, well, I guess it's all the same thing right now. So <laughs> I guess every, everyone has home court, right? Um, um, I like Bam. I like the Heat. I like their team. I really enjoy watching them. I really do. They were probably my team to watch that, that I enjoyed watching this season. Um, Sixers, I don't enjoy watching them. Um, like, when are they going to stop underachieving? I mean, that's kind of the only thing I have for them. Yeah, but I think there's some value in that. Uh, and I think I was looking at the Vegas stuff earlier. I know this isn't a Vegas show. This is a sports card show. But 
I think they were like 28 to one to win the title. Now they're like 23 to one. So some people have bet that. And of course you can bet on just chaos because there could be some weird things happening that we just cannot see coming. We're not rooting for it, but if it happens, take advantage of it, I suppose. Uh, and they are a super talented team and coming to the season, they were considered to be one of the top four or five teams, uh, you know, best chances to take things down. And just as long as you get in the playoffs and there's no, they don't have to go on the road. They were the worst team as far as the splits, home road splits. They were terrible on the road. I don't know what they were in Orlando, which is where everybody's going to be in, but uh, they were a disastrous team on the road this year. Uh, Brennan, who do you have for me uh, as far as that a theoretical matchup? And we mentioned him a couple of times. I kind of hinted at the guy that's going to win the actual, uh, you know, most approved player. And uh, Jacob said him as well. Bam out of bio. He's on your list. He is on my list. I, I would take Miami in that series again. Uh, I, I just think the synergy there in Miami is a little bit better. Uh, Eric Spolstra is a playoff proven coach. I don't know much about Brett Brown's history, but it just seems like they always underachieve. And again, everything's on the road in the bubble and they were terrible on the road, like you said. So I just, me personally, I, I would take both Boston and Miami, whoever Philly, uh, you know, whoever Philly ends up playing. And at that moment, I'm going to be watching Ben Simmons cards very closely because if they come down, I'm going to jump on it. Uh, but somebody I'm buying now and I'm trying to buy quickly because I think the secret will be out after the playoffs are over. It's Bam Adebayo. Um, another Kentucky Homer pick. So I'll try not to put the rose colored glasses on here, but uh, the guy, so when Dwayne Wade comes out and says that he's going to be the cornerstone of the future, uh, of the franchise for the future, when Jimmy Butler comes out and just sings praises about the kid's work ethic and his edge, when just the entire heat organization are in love with a player who's producing like bam, I just can't help but think to think to myself, uh, a franchise cornerstone in the Eastern conference, which is historically easier to play in, in the modern day, and, and a big man who who can dunk on people and dime out 10 assists in a game. It's just for me, it's a perfect storm for Bam and, and, and whoever comes to Miami, whether it be Giannis or a, a smaller name like Beal or, or Victor Oladipo, you know, Bam is going to be that guy. And so for me, you want to get it now because I think Bam's coming out party is going to be very soon. And at that point, I'll probably still be buying, but you're not going to be getting them at uh, the prices – that you're getting him at. You're going to be getting him at prices probably a lot closer to Jason Tatum is right now. I, that, I imagine his prices will close on Jason Tatum by the beginning, if not the very early part next year. Yeah, man. I love Bam too. I'm not, I'm not being critical here. It's, I just love a big man in 2020 that the bangs, uh, Ben can make a three. I know he's working on his jumper. I want him to add that to his game, but everything else, like you said, he also handles the ball really well too uh, for a big man too. He can play a little bit of point there for that Miami side. Uh, talk to me about, this is where you're, I imagine you're going for some value here. You, 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 you talk about these guys on previous shows, at least Fultz. But now it uh, looks like Jonathan Isaac is possibly going to play. Like he, they're saying he's in good shape. Uh, he, he actually played the last game and, and did pretty well. I don't have the box score in front of me, but he played like seven minutes and scored 12 points and six rebounds or something like that. So he's back. He's on the floor. And, and to me, Jonathan Isaac's a bet on just a, a good kid uh, who's got a great work ethic. And who's on a team who I think is, is up and coming. Steve Clifford's a great coach. We saw what he did with Kimball Walker in Charlotte. And so I think he's going to do the same thing to Markel Fultz. And, and so I'm kind of betting on Orlando being the next young team in the Eastern Conference. And people forget how good Markel Fultz was coming out of Washington. And he had all of the, all of the drama that, that had transpired in Philly. It was just a bad organization. He had an undiagnosed injury. He's back now and he's shooting threes and, and Jonathan Isaac is someone who defensively might be a defensive player of the year in his prime is starting to develop offensively. So, so for me, these are two guys that are more prospect picks. Uh, they could potentially bust out next year, if not in the next couple of years. Um, you said if you squint on the right day and, and you might see John, uh, you might see Kevin Durant with Brandon Ingram. For me, Isaac is going to be a, a very similar player to Durant because he's not a playmaker in a sense that he's going to dish out five, six, seven assists a game. Um, but if he can develop a shot, he's just so big that no one can guard uh, you know, his release point. And, and add on top of that, Kevin Durant's one of the best defensive players when he was in his prime. Isaac could be that as well. So uh, Isaac to me is, is – a, is, is Isaac and Fultz both are a little bit riskier than a guy like Bam – but I think they could have huge returns, especially in an Eastern Conference, which is kind of starved for uh, you know star power right now. All right, you guys heard it here first: the 2023 Eastern Conference Finals, <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets versus the Orlando Magic. That, that's going to happen. That's that's that's, that's the way I understood all that conversation. Uh, Jacob, feel free to give your thoughts as far as those Magic players. Is there some value in those cards? And 
you know, if you want to give a thought on uh, Bam Adebayo, feel free. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, more so on Fultz than Isaac. Um, I don't know if I have personally seen enough of him to really make a um, make a good opinion. I'll put it that way. But as far as Fultz, someone who you know, they said he had the yips. They gave him away for almost nothing. Sent him down. They put him in a place where he can just work. There's no drama. They're not making the playoffs typically. Um, he can just work. And Aaron Gordon's a hard work. I, I think that's a team that can develop together, as Brennan was saying. Um, and then Bam. I mean, Bam is your modern – well, one, did he do a great job of developing that position specifically over the years? Like, Whiteside came out of nowhere as well um, and developed really well. And But for me, Bam, he can, he can do it all. I mean, you've seen games where he's taking the ball down the court. He's running the fast break. Um, and you like that uh, of the big man for, in definitely today's game. Uh, someone we haven't talked about – I was just curious to what y'all's thoughts were about the the upper downs of older um, Victor Oladipo being healthy. Uh, I'm lukewarm at best. Uh, you you want to jump in here on that one, Brennan? Yeah. So I, I, I love looking at advanced data and, and the metrics, and they don't paint Victor Oladipo as as an elite talent in the league. He's a borderline all-star probably just out on the outside looking in that being said we saw it with Anthony Davis recently if someone goes from a bad situation and moves into a better one their prices are going to develop so if he ends up as like a third or fourth player on a really good team I think that could mask some of his because he's been asked to be the guy in in Indiana and Orlando is just a terrible fit for him and so in the right situation, a team like Miami or, you know, a team, if he pairs up in, in Dallas or somewhere like that, I think you could see some short-term value in Oladipo. He's not somebody that I'd be willing to hold long-term because I think at the end of the day, he's going to be somewhat forgettable once his career is over. But I think, you know, being in the middle of his prime, if he is healthy on a new team in a new situation, he's one of those guys you would hold for, you know, 6, 12, 18 months and try to flip – uh, when everyone on YouTube and, and shows like this are talking about him. Cause I think that time is coming for him. I think he's like 28. Uh, so you can stand to hold for, you know, two or three years at most and, and still try to get out of that position. But uh, long-term, I just don't see enough in the data for me to, to go after a guy like Victor Oladipo. Yeah. That's sort of where I'm at too. I don't think he's going to be the guy on a team that matters. He can definitely be a guy on a team that matters. I don't think he's the guy. Jacob, your, your thoughts on him. You threw him out there. I'm kind of there. Um, don't, I see the benefit of him being really low since the injury as far as the value part. Um, and I think that's more than anything. I don't think he's ever going to be a top 10 player. But, but man, when he was going in the playoffs, he looked really good. I'm, but I feel like it's one of those teams where they don't have a star and they all just play very well together. Um, but to go back to Bam, Bam's on like one of the few teams where he doesn't have to shoot a three. <laughs> they shoot threes amazingly well without him, you know, in general. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I'm just obsessed with spacing. Uh, and, like, I want every guy on the court to be able to bang a, a, bang a three. But and that's just me. That's probably my own issue. I mean, even the Rockets, you know, they'll roll out a guy that you know, sometimes – they, they had Capella. They kicked him off the court, I guess. They got rid of him because he can't hit a three. But they want – you know, I want the five guys. They have that Del Murray sort of like I want – three is greater than two. That's just sort of my <laughs> attitude. Uh, of course, you can go – what did Houston go? Like 0 for 21 or 0 for 23 against the Clippers? That was absolutely brutal. Uh, but I get it. Like, you don't have to hit threes. Uh, you know, and I appreciate he's at least trying. And guys like Andre Drummond is trying, not successfully, but you know, hey, maybe they'll get there one day. Uh, one more, one more guy before we move on. We're kind of up against the clock here, guys. Give me a concise thought here, Brennan, as far as John Morant. Uh, just intangibles. The kid. So I've spent a lot of time watching the uh, Memphis Grizzlies YouTube channel, and they have this series called Beyond the Grit. And this guy's already a coach on the floor. He's talking to guys. He's 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 deciphering the defenses. When you've got a guy with that physical talent, that level of confidence and just edge on the floor, and that level of intellect as well, I just I don't know how you can pass up getting him as early as possible because I just think Memphis has a good thing going, um, not only just with Jaron Jackson but John Morant, but Tyus Jones is one of my favorite players in the NBA. And for Memphis to go out and get him at the price they did, it just shows the front office is firing on all cylinders. In my opinion, I'm trying to zag when everybody zigs. Everybody's focused on, you know, Zion. I don't think it's out of the question that Ja has a better career. I just don't. I, I think Ja yeah. probably is a little bit safer. And at the level of, of discount you're getting with Ja Morant, I just I'm I'm betting on this kid 
um, you know, till the end of his career. So I, I think there's special things ahead and I'm trying to be in as early as possible. That that's really all that's it at this point. Yeah. We talk about John, we talk about Zion in the Orleans, you know, facing the Lakers, the prospect, and I keep talking about it, you know, and, and I may or may not have American dollars on that uh, situation happening, but as consolation, if it doesn't happen, we do get job versus uh, the Lakers or if not job, we get Lillard. So no matter what, it's going to be a fun, uh, I mean, basically know the Lakers are going to win, but it'll still be fun nonetheless. Uh, yeah. We do have to move on uh, before we talk about uh, SGC grading in a second. I wanted to get Simon. Uh, Simon, we're, we're, we're kind of a, you know, crunch for time here a little bit, but fire off a couple NFL players you have your eye on. Yeah, well, I was uh, looking for overlooked quarterbacks based on ADP in best ball. I started playing best ball the other day for the first time this season, and I noticed guys like Carson Wentz were – kind of going later in drafts than I would uh, you would expect them to in the past. And I started to look at Carson Wentz's chart. And as you can see, I'm we got a screen share going on right now. His chart is straight up to the moon. So it's, it's, it's been on a steady rise, even though there hasn't been a lot of buzz around him or the Eagles or really anything about him that should cause that, that rise in price. So it got me thinking more about the – wide receiver situation with NFL cards. NFL fans are going to want to buy NFL cards. And when you're seeing prices like these going way, way up on guys who aren't really doing anything, you're going to start to search for alternatives. And those alternatives, I think, could be wide receivers. And the wide receivers that I want to target are guys in their second year or young wide receivers who I can target their National Treasures RPA cards and high-end cards for cheap prices. Some names that I'm looking at are guys like Darius Slayton in the second year. He's in a big market. Uh, he's in a good situation with Daniel Jones. They had some uh, chemistry last year. Um, Terry McLaurin, obviously, he has some chemistry with his quarterback. He played with him in college, and he had more uh, more chemistry with the – I can't remember who was the starting quarterback at the beginning of the year for the Redskins last season, but he had some, uh, some good chemistry with that quarterback. And when, um, when the, uh, when his former teammate uh, took over, he didn't really gel too well with them. But I think this year, given a enough time to get back on the same page, they Terry McLaurin can have a pretty big season. Other guys that I'm targeting are, Younger players, not in their second year, but Calvin Ridley, DJ Shark. Um, Deontay Johnson is in his second year. That's another second-year guy I'm targeting. But uh, just those young wide receivers who you can probably get their national treasures and high-end cards for super low prices now before, uh, before those cards start going up when people get sick of chasing quarterbacks. All right, switching gears. Uh, SGC, the grading company. Brennan, what is the letter? Sure. So uh, on July 24th, that was uh, towards the end of last week, I believe. Uh, yeah, Friday, uh, Peter Steinberg, the president of SGC, released a letter on their blog. And, and essentially it was it was in response to some criticism that SGC has gotten over the last couple of months. And, and to understand the context of it, uh, Peter actually did uh, several months back an interview on Cardboard Chronicles on YouTube uh, and basically put PSA and, and uh, BGS on notice. Uh, that they were coming for them, that, you know, their turnaround times are, are, are going to be, um, you know, better. And they were for a long time, but they also suffered the same issues as the volume increased, that it was just really hard for them to scale. And so their turnaround times have started to lag a little bit. They're still better. Um, and, and so that has gotten the community a little bit upset. And this was in response to that. And you can go out and read it. Um, I, I think it was a, a good letter overall. Um, you know, and I think it, it does explain to collectors and, and investors, you know, why they're seeing these issues. I think the overall arching message here is just the demand for graded cards is so high that even just these three companies can't, you know, stay true to these these turnaround times. And and he said something in, in an interview recently that he did not want to sacrifice the integrity of the grading to speed up turnaround times. And I actually think that's the right take. Um, so as long as the grades are still strong, I think we can all deal with uh, these slower turnaround times. We were talking about it before the show. I think this is a classic case of, of over-promising and under-delivering, and that's always going to make people upset. Um, but in my opinion, you know, I think SGC 
recalibrating a little bit gives them a chance to to potentially gain back some of that goodwill that they might have lost over the last few years. Um, the biggest takeaway from the letter at the very end is they now have two services. Uh, one of them is I can wait. It's it's the regular ten dollar service, and it's essentially a, a soft forty to fifty day turnaround. But that is going to uh, expand and, and contract as they get more of the other level which is $100 per card, and it is the need them now level. So they really only got two levels now. And, and my, my biggest issue with this is the need them. So if I need a card now, but it's not worth the $100 per card, I don't have a level there for me. So that's the one gap. There's very few cards that you can spend $100 on, get it graded, and still be out ahead, right? I mean, if we're all getting Kobe White rookies graded, we can't spend $100, even if we want them for next season to turn them around. So um, you know, we're seeing every, every company, SGC, PSA, and BGS suffer from the increased volume. And I think once we get through all of this turbulence, we might be in a better space. So, I, you know, I would recommend everybody just kind of, you know, stay tuned and flipping raw cards is not a bad idea. Just make sure that you're protecting them so that when people go to buy your raw cards, they're still in good contention, potential and could be graded in the future. So, um, you know, SGC suffering the same fate as PSA and BGS and so now all three, it's now it's a three-man race and we'll see kind of who wins at the end of all this. But at least they, they kind of broke their silence and, and we're a little bit more transparent about what's going on behind the scenes. All right. I do want to ask you guys to like and subscribe. Much appreciate y'all watching this. Uh, let us know in the comment section. Let us know your, your experience as far as uh, you're getting your, guard, your cards graded. Tell us about that in the comment section as well. Uh, go to sportscardinvestor.com. Click on the virtual 2020 in the main menu bar to register for free. For, uh, you know, we have the, the big virtual card convention that's going down starting Wednesday, July 29th, 8 p.m. Eastern. Check it out on Sports Card Investors' YouTube channel. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts on this, feel free to be in, uh, make them be concise. And you can give them as you're uh, you talking about your mail day. We're going to go around the horn. And as you're doing that as well, uh, get your plugs in. You know, tell the people where they can find you, what you're up to, or what the article you may have, uh, what you are as, as far as uh, YouTube, or if you have Instagram and all that, all that good stuff. Uh, Simon, you are batting first. Yeah, you can find me at Yeti Boom Films on Twitter, or you can find me in the RG Sports Card Discord channel. Uh, my mail day is a bunch of these wide receivers that I was mentioning earlier. I have a uh, Calvin Ridley limited autograph rookie card, uh, RPA card, actually. Uh, I got a John Ross National Treasures RPA card. And I have this Deontay Johnson card with a nice patch. It's a four out of five. I was kind of a dumbass with it. I didn't uh, recognize that it wasn't an autograph card and it doesn't have the uh, rookie shield. So I was hypnotized by that patch and I ended up buying the card. But it's still a nice looking card and I hope to flip it one day. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jacob, you're next. I know earlier we showed uh, your actual card. I'm not sure if we're showing it off again. Or maybe uh, potentially your, some of your teammates. And, of course, tell the people where they can find you around the interwebs. First off, you guys can uh, find me at um, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, just Google or look, search Jacob Condra. Other than that, my break page is j underscore jbreaks.com, which I do with a teammate. Um, and then Cards for Kids is something we do where we take all the base cards and we donate them to – um, two kids. We go to my wife's school and we give them out in team bags. But for mail day today, I have five of my former teammates that I got in off of eBay or Twitter. Um, Michael Taylor Auto, Jackson Reitz Auto, um, Eric Fetty, RPA, Daniel Lynch Auto, and then Sterling Sharp, who's actually, he's healthy, um, but he hasn't made his debut yet, but he is on the big league roster right now for the Marlins. So hopefully he'll make that soon, and I'm super excited for him. Awesome. Uh, thrilled to have you here, Jacob. Thank you for joining us. Uh, last but not least, Brennan, do you have any of your former teammates cards? Yeah. Yeah. Me and Steph, uh, back in our YMCA league, uh, back in the day, we're, we're tearing it up. Uh, quite honestly, I was the splash. I'm a little upset with Clay Thompson cause I was the original splash brother, but anyways, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the DFS advisor. And we talked about on the last show that I was on, we talked about inserts and, and what I got in the mail this week was one of my favorite inserts from this year. It's the, the NBA hoops, high voltage. And to get Steph Curry at like one fourth the price of Giannis and LeBron is just insane to me. It just show, goes to show what 
you know, what can happen if you're not in the limelight. So I picked up a high voltage Steph Curry. I've been picking up some Steph Curry inserts as, as time goes on, just because uh, you're not going to get them at one fourth of LeBron's price. I think once he's back up and running. So I'm pretty excited that I got that in the mail and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, excited to be back. And it was, it was nice to have Jacob on. It's, it's great to have a, the perspective of an actual athlete. Cause uh, yeah, it's been a while since uh, I could say that about myself. Uh, great time. Thanks everybody for joining me. That was uh, for Simon, for Jacob, for Brennan. Uh, I was Dean. This was sports card grinders. It was sports cards. We're out of here. Holler. Thank you. Thank you.